hello, 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 and good morning on this fabulous, fateful Friday. I hope everyone is doing good, and I hope that God covered you and and kept you through the night as well as your family. And then He touched you this morning and tapped on your 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 oxygen, your energy, and said, wake up. And not just wake up, but to be able to get up and to get started on our way. I'd like to thank you for tuning in to WDGS 333 on your podcast station. If you're riding in your car, if you're still in the kitchen trying to make breakfast, if you're just sitting around and you're just asking God, what must you do today? If you're already out in the stores, in the market, or you're traveling some other destination on your highway and byway, I want to thank you for the opportunity to tune in to this podcast on this fabulous, faithful Friday. Today, today, today. Today is all that we have before us. Yesterday has passed on and is now considered our past. And tomorrow is not promised. But oh, today, 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 I'm coming with that part three of deliverance. How many of you know that everything that besets us and that we engage in that's uncomfortable to us and things we want to be free from doing is called deliverance. Anything that we do, anything that we do that we feel and know is not right and pleasing to God, that means we sit in an area of deliverance. And I do believe that inside of each and every one of us, there is something that God can strengthen us to be delivered from. It could be overeating. It could be oversleeping, not sleeping enough. It could be going too much and not going enough. It could be saying too much and not saying enough. Because the Bible says that in everything should be done in moderation. So God wants us to put a balance. But one of the main things I want to speak about before I give you these scriptures on deliverance is that everything the Bible said comes out through fasting and praying. Now I don't know how many people are conditioned to fasting because fasting was something very challenging to me especially in my younger days, because whenever I went without eating food, I was already on a small scale. So I thought that that didn't benefit me because I had the mindset that fasting was for mostly for people to lose weight. But I later came to understand that fasting is a form of restraining in order and food was more prevalent for people to restrain from because there are scriptures that tells us, you know, what people went without eating. Because when you go without eating, in order to survive physically, it takes some praying. So fasting, what the act of fasting encouraged prayer to be delivered from these things. That's why the Bible said these things come out by fasting and praying and that these things are the things that we need to be delivered from. Amen. So in our ability to fast, I've shared in the past that my fast was a phone fast. You know, and there were different types of fasts in the Bible that was done. But the most profound fast was when people restrained from food. Because if food made people 
feel a certain way, then in order to survive, like I said before, they needed that strength from God, which encouraged them to pray. So therefore, the greatest thing outside of fasting is praying. Now, a lot of times we can pray for things that God don't always move the way we feel he should move and that the way we want him to move. But one thing I do believe about prayer is no matter what comes to be, it changes things. You know, the perplexity of a lot of people when it comes to prayer is because they feel that it's time-consuming. And you know, somebody asked me that question. They said, how can you pray so much when it just fills up your time? You know, it's hard to imagine how people with many duties can make time to just pray and set aside time because there are different types of prayers, you know. But one thing for certain and two things for sure That in order to develop a closer relationship with yourself as well as God, prayer should be incorporated. The Bible encourages us to pray without ceasing. Amen. And in order to do that, because I remember asking God, how can I do that? How can I pray without ceasing? And I tell you, God gave me a very simple answer. Because first he said, you need to define what is prayer and supplication. And then God said, it's only making your request known. It's talking to me. And it got very simple. Prayer is talking to God. And I said, oh, okay, God. Well, I can do that all day, every day. He said, now you understand how you can pray without ceasing. Because you're constantly communing with me. You're constantly talking to me in your car. You're lying down, rising up, going in, coming out. Because when you begin to acknowledge God in all your ways, and that means everything you get ready to do. When I'm going to the supermarket, I say, okay, God, is this the right time? Is this the right time of the day? You know, I let God know my request because I want to be covered. You know, sometimes we can be going down the highways and the byways and there's a car accident and it will deter deter traffic in a different direction. And that's to keep people from being held up. But then there are times there are minor accidents and then we may only need to sit five or ten minutes and people don't have the patience to endure. But in that five or ten minutes... It may have kept you from some other tragedy. So the thing about prayer is this. It's talking to God. And in order to incorporate prayer for deliverance, that next word is patience. It's important to have patience in order to pray. There are different types of prayers. But the main thing about prayers is the powerfulness in prayers. Because prayers... It conditions our body with the obstacle of time. You know, when we pray, we get in a relationship and a commune with God that I, I, well, I'm going to say about me. I begin to trust God in my time and time does not become an obstacle when God, oh my God, is in the midst. I've even done it sometime. I'd be a little late running to church and I, I pray. I said, God, I said, I would love to be there at the beginning of the sermon. I said, I don't want to be late. And it's amazing how God 
would let church service be delayed for some odd reason. They had nothing to do with me, but I got an opportunity to get there at the beginning. Have you ever experienced that? That you know it was somewhere you had to be. And when you was running behind schedule, you said a prayer. But when you got there, you was right on time. Oh my God. The obstacle of time. The obstacle of places. The obstacle of tiredness. The obstacle of mental things that come in our mind. The obstacle of silence even. The obstacles... A variety and vanity. The obstacles of things that get in our pathway. Emotions. When it's time to pray. And all of those obstacles that I just mentioned. Generally cause us to have a need for deliverance. When we deal with many, many obstacles. You know, those obstacles are areas of deliverance. And I know oftentimes, you know. God has developed a lot of patience in me that I didn't used to have. And he developed that through persevering and pushing. And he preserved me to be able to embrace people who prayed. Because sometimes when people pray, you know, even when you say your grace, people don't have the patience sometimes to sit there and listen to that prayer. They want to say a quick, quick grace and say, bless the food. But see, me, I get a little intense. And you know, when it comes to God, I do. And I may ask God to bless the food from the initial stage of growth, out at the farm, all the way through the process in the factory, from that field to the factory, to the manufacturer, you know, and to keep it free from any harmful additives or preservatives. And then I thank God and I add in my prayer that I thank him for the provisions to go to the supermarket and be able to purchase the food that I am about to ingest in the body that he has provided for me. Because I say that in my food ingestion. I say, okay, God, I thank you for blessing my body and may this food be a health unto my body in every bone, every fiber that I am about to ingest in it. Because you said that this body belongs to you because I've been bought with a price. So, Lord, I ask that this food be a blessing to my body. You know, my I have some kids, they, they get a little tickled with me because they be like, oh, mother got to stay the grace. But see, it's important to me because I can be delayed from putting a spoon of food in my mouth if I don't know for certain that this food may be on recall, that this food may be full of contamination, even down to the beverages we drink or what harmful additives or preservatives are in that food. So when I pray, I do get a bit detailed and a bit lengthy because you know what? There's no amount of time when it comes to me. And there's no amount of anything that I believe where God, oh my God, orchestrates, he won't cover me. Oh, I hope y'all got that. There is nothing that I don't believe when God orchestrates, he won't cover me. Oh, my God. So the obstacles, I allow them to begin to become obsolete. And how I do that, I meditate. 
And when I make my request known to God, I said, okay, God, I need you to deliver me from this. I need you to help me in this area, in this area where I'm weak. Strengthen me in this area where I get torn down. Build me up. Oh, my God. Deliverance. It is astounding how real that we don't want to accept the reality of deliverance. How the mind can learn by practice how to be defeated or how to be deaf to all distractions. Yes, when we need deliverance, generally it's from things that distract us. And if we continue to practice in our mind, our mind can become deaf to those distractions or our mind can become indulged by those distractions and we will continue to move into the areas that we know we need deliverance from. You know, briefly I shared with someone yesterday and you know me, I think a testimony always encourages us. And a person said something to me and they asked me a question about a situation and I said to them, I said, well, you know, one thing I've learned in my walk with God is that anytime you repeat doing something over and over again, it becomes habitable. And so most of the time, the things that we need deliverance from, we have practiced doing them over and over and over again and they have became a habit. I said, but if you begin to take many steps, you know, and practice What God requires, it will become more of a habit. Okay, you start out praying, you pray for two, three minutes, but you may do it three, four times a day. You don't have to make it long drawn out. But the more you keep practicing it, the better you get. And that's whether it's a good thing or whether it's a bad thing. So the secret ingredients to deliverance, we have fasting, praying, patience, and repeating. Repeating doing something that you know is going to help your life. And then pray about the thing specifically. If you know that time is an obstacle for you and you can't be on time to anything, pray about that. If you know the places that you go, you don't need to be there and you shouldn't go there, pray about that thing. That's an area of deliverance. If you find yourself like some people do, They complain that they are tired and they weary. They just too tired to pray. Pray about that thing. The majority of us come into our beds heavy with fatigue. You know, we lay down, we tired. And we just feel like we just wait to lay down when we go to sleep. But I tell you one thing I've came to discover that helped me. I start cutting off negative stuff feeding my spirit after a certain time of the evening. And that way I wouldn't have to take so much weight with me to bed. And then my my prayers to God would be more free and clear until the point that I could just pray for thanksgiving, pray for gratefulness, you know, instead of taking problems with me because I try to pray for those before it get too late in the evening. And then another obstacle that challenges, I think, everybody that has blood running warm in their vein is mental obstacles. You know, our lack of imagination oftentimes is so undisciplined. Our minds, you know, we, we, we don't see it. And it becomes an obstacle to prayer. 
because we're not disciplined to pray. So it becomes important we have to build up in the soul. We have to build up in our souls. And we have to begin to plead, even that. Say, Lord, just give me the time and the energy to pray. That I may be delivered. Build yourself up. Sometimes we have to be like David and encourage ourselves. But I tell you, the use of words that we render to God in our prayer is even important. You know, it's important, I tell people, if you're a negative person, it's important to begin to pray positive and say, Lord, let me stop speaking negative things, even negative things about ourselves. And then to see the unseen by effort of the mind. See, that's how we overcome a lot of mental obstacles because we have to walk in faith to overcome the things we see, but we want God to manifest what is unseen. Oh my God. Oh my God. That's faith. Because faith is the evidence of things not seen, but hoped for. So, let prayer no longer be an abandonment but a privilege. You know what it feels like when something is a privilege? A privilege is something that you're excited and you're glad and you're excited to to know and have. It's a privilege for some people to walk in a new house. It's a privilege to drive a new car. It's a privilege to be embraced by the love that you craved for so long. It's a privilege when you have overflow money in your bank account. Well, that's how prayer should be. Prayer should not be a defeat, but a privilege. Amen? Amen. And now the emotions that we deal with as obstacles. It enslaves us to our feelings. And I always talk about our feelings. You know, just because we feel a thing does not make us right. Our feelings are, if we are dictated by our feelings, we become enslaved to our feelings. And actually, if we're not mindful, our feelings can become our God. Oh my God. Our feelings operate so much to dictate everything that it can become our idol worship. That's when it becomes our God. If God tells us, He said, love your neighbor, but your feelings say, I don't like my neighbor and I'm definitely not going to love them. See, that right there, you have allowed your feelings to dictate, oh my God, and enslave you to be unfruitful. To be enslaved to feeling is another unfruitful reason that a lot of times people even neglect prayer. Oh my God, I think I need to say that again. The enslavement to your feelings is another unfruitful reason why a lot of times people neglect prayer. People do not pray because they do not feel like it. They offer excuses with a certain cheerful assurance that it it, it will be accepted by God. And, and, And the most common thing that amazes me, people say is that, God understands. God gave me this job. He know I'm tired. God sent me over there to help somebody. He know I'm tired. God told me to do this. So I'm doing everything that God told me to do. So he understands I'm just too tired to pray. But even when you're sitting on that couch 
or you're laying on that bed and your tiredness, you can still talk to God. Oh my God. Whatever you do, when you learn not to neglect prayer, you can learn how to get delivered. Because deliverance comes through fasting and praying. And praying will condition you to fast. Because if you're not conditioned to praying, you you can't fast. Let me help you. Because fasting takes some discipline. When your belly is talking to you, and as we used to say, when your belly meeting your back and you hungry and you don't have a prayer language or a prayer life, how do you think you're going to sustain in this fast? That's why everybody that call a fast is not good for everybody. And then some people have medical reasons they cannot fast. But prayer is the key that unlocks the door. Nothing is more profound in truth than to be able to pray. You know, many of the saints believe that the floods of feelings belong only to the elementary stages of discipleship. That's those baby drinkers. You know, the old school saints used to pray a lot. They had prayer mothers and prayer warriors. And the first time they heard a problem, they would they would rally up like like the wagon. Like like the like the wagon train. And they try to go and, and attack that situation that's going wrong in the neighborhood through prayer. See I remember those times. When my grandmother, Miss Carolyn Clark, and Miss Beatty Guiding, and all these mothers would come together, and Miss Ida Rose Oliver, and these people would pray about situations in the community, in their families. But see, the prayer language started moving away from families and homes. Everybody trying to solve their problems through their feelings. And they feelings don't know the word of God to conduct themselves according to God. So when we're operating from our feelings, oh God help me this morning, I thank you Holy Ghost. When we're operating from our feelings and it's not enough of God's word on the inside of us, then we're going to move in the direction our feelings tell us that may not be the right direction. That's why everybody can't tell me what to do. Because when people talk to me out of their feelings, then I already know. If their feelings are not generated by an unadulterated word of God, they can be leading me in the path of destruction instead of the path of righteousness. When we don't make time to pray, you know, I also say this. It's just like we have forgotten God. We have forgotten God. Now, now you have to go through different stages, just like in school. You know, I say this world is a big classroom. You know, when you're in pre-K, it's different from Head Start. And then pre-K is different from kindergarten. That's the preparation before kindergarten. And then first grade is different from 12th grade. So every level in your spiritual journey You become more educated in how to do things based on your elevation and your relationship with God. See, God promotes us from glory to glory. The world promotes us from grade to grade. But in the simulation and metaphorically speaking, when we commit our ways to God, he continues to elevate us to grow from glory to glory. And I say when you get to a maturity place, 
when you get some of those spiritual acclimates, and I don't mean titles, I mean what you have earned, you have earned through trials, tribulation, knowledge, experience, being knocked down, kicked down, and you continue to fall down on your knees. And you don't let that hinder you from moving forth and what it is that God will have you to do. Because your mind has been established to know whatever I do, I'm doing for God. Whatever I do, I'm doing for God. Whatever I say, I'm saying it because I'm led by the Spirit of God. And in order for all of that to come into play, it comes with your promotions of knowledge of God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It's hard to counsel people and instruct people, even to instruct yourself, when the Word of God is not on the inside of you. Because until you are founded through the word to guide you, you will be founded by your feelings. And so your feelings will guide you. And your feelings will tell you, oh, well, you know what? I'm not going to do that. I don't feel like it. I don't want to. I'm not going to pray for people who I know hate me. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to pray for somebody I heard somebody going through a hard time and instead of praying for them because I don't like them and they don't like me, I'm just going to say, well, they brought that on themselves. You know, and I hear people say that a lot. It's something they did. They brought it on themselves. Well, one thing about it, all of us bring things on ourselves because the Bible said we only can worship him in spirit and in truth. And anytime we step outside that arena to be led in decisions by the spirit and truth, guess what? Mm. We all fall guilty of bringing something back on our trails. Yes, we do. The obstacles of silence. Sometimes too much stress. You know, stress upon speaking. It, it, it's a common obstacle. And I mention that because As much as I love to talk, anybody know me know I'm free to love to talk. But there are some times I would totally move in silence. And I mean silence to the point that I would just go in a shut off. I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want anybody in my ear except God. And then he'll place me, if I have to go around people, I'll be silent. And when I become silent, people think something's wrong with me. They be like, something wrong with her. She acting funny. But it's not that. Sometimes when you see stressful situations and you have to make decisions that come up on your life, because that happened to me back in December. And it and I was trying to keep it from stressing me out because too much negative, too much peace breaking, too much confrontation. It was just too much stuff that was out of order. And see, God can't move where you can hear him when you're surrounded by too much chaos of a lot of things just yapping at you negatively. Now, you got people doing it, and then in your head, you're doing the same thing. So God had to help me to be still. And I had made plans and preparations to do some things that in my heart, I wanted to do. But in my spirit, oh my God. God made me sit still. Because you know, when when you're faced with situations where you want to help somebody, especially when you feel like you want them to be better and get better and do better, 
And then you got word that in order for them to get better and be better and do better, you know, they may have to go through some physical ramifications and and physical strains and stress. So you know what God said to me, because I wrestled with this thing and I was wrestling with this so much that it began to stress me out in my body. And I said, God, you know, I can't afford for my heart to fail me because then I can't do the work that you have for me to do. Because I'd be dead and gone. So God made me just shut it down and just go silent. Don't make no move. Don't make no decision. Because you confused and everything about this whole situation. And everybody that talked to you is a whole bunch of other confusion. So just shut it down and be silent. Oh my God. And that's when I began to interject more prayers. Prayer is when we offer up that talking time with God. So I had to keep talking to God and keep talking to God. Because, you know, it, it seemed like I, I for a minute, like I didn't know nothing. So I just had to sit in that quiet admiration of the silence and let the spirit and the rapture of God just, you know, like gaze across me. And just remove some of those scars so I can just be glorified. You know, I just had to really be still and know that he was God. And then as I began to do that and began to pray, God began to intervene in the situation. And he said, I got this. Because whatever anybody is, how many of you know God is with them? God is with them. You know, and there were some things I felt that needed to be said and done and strengthen and encourage. But God said, I can do that. I can still make that happen without you having to go in the midst of the chaos. Oh my God. But let us turn from the obstacles. You know, let us turn from the obstacles through deliverance. You know, and let prayer be a part of that variety of life. You know, everything in life. If you ever been to a, a buffet or you can eat, you know, you have a variety. And that's how prayer is. There's a variety of prayers. You know, when you think on the many aspects of prayers, there are so many different types of prayers. There's short prayers. There's long prayers. There's prayers for the nation, prayers for your family, prayers for people, prayers for this, prayers for that. I'm saying there's a variety of prayers. Pick one. And I encourage it to be in the main area of deliverance. If you need deliverance from being a busybody, if you need deliverance to just begin to pray, Start right there. Prayer is just a confession. And confession is not some phrase which you, you know, which you just blurt out. It's a confession of something you know that you need God to help you with. That you know what you need deliverance. Oh my God. Not only is prayer powerful, but you can do it in a quick way. Or you can do it on a long way. But just do it. Just think about what prayer does. It can change the most incredible situations that we couldn't even understand or see how we can make nothing happen. 
Prayer, what it does, it brings heaven to our earth. Because it comes, see, prayer is a spiritual thing. It comes from a supernatural plane. And it and it and it brings that that supernatural spirit from heaven into earth. That's why when Jesus taught the people, he said that thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Oh my God. I hope somebody got that. That's why we bring to earth what is done in heaven when we pray. Prayer fights those vices and it fosters virtues. It rescues our soul when we in pearliest times and it becomes like a password at the gate of death. Oh God, I thank you. Do you not know how important a password is? If you don't have the proper password to have access to, and and most things that carry a password, we know what behind the scenes, that's important. That's important. It's important to have the proper password to get in your bank account. Even now, everything that's set up pretty much, people who get retirement, Social Security, even paychecks now, they got them on this system. If you get direct deposit, it's linked to a password that gives you access, oh my God, to be able to meet the needs that you have this account established for. Can we establish a deliverance account and the password be prayer? Oh, my God, I thank you, God. Prayer, prayer puts sick and the infirm in the forefront of those who fight the battle of God. It's so many people that gives you testimony of how God healed them, how God delivered them, how God set them free when they were sick and when their body carried that infirmity through prayer. Oh, my God. Prayer is a powerful thing. And the memory of our prayer will lessen to not be effective if we don't obey and walk upright. And I need to put that in there. It's good to start with prayer. And that's why I say you pray for be deliverance. Deliverance to walk upright. Because the more you walk upright, the more effectual your prayers will become. And the Bible says that. It said the effectual fervent prayers availeth much. It don't mean that other people's prayers don't avail. But it said availeth much when you become an effectual fervent prayer. Righteous person. God answer any prayers he choose to. But when we begin to walk in the ordinance of God, we will begin to experience the experiment, oh my God, of the awesomeness of prayer. Let me give you these scriptures right quick on deliverance as I continue to move about this fabulous, faithful Friday. The following Bible verses can help you to focus on the promises and power from God's promises of deliverance. It can renew the attacks and the fights that we have when we need deliverance in order to preserve us. How many of you know that? God's power through Bible verses, testimonies, prayer and fasting, patience, Walking in the fruits of the Spirit, 
to preserve us when those attacks come at us to fight us. And you can reference these scriptures, one of them, two of them, three of them, two of them. I just read. And the reason I, I'm going to say this, the reason I like to sometimes read scriptures, because I know busy people, if sometimes people too busy to pray, they sure are not going to make time to read the scripture. But if you read it along with me, then that can absorb in your memory. And you can go back and play these podcasts. And and hopefully some of these scriptures will begin to take root in you if you don't make time to read them yourself. Even the times that I do pray, even whatever word that God gives me to release to somebody that needs to embrace it, a lot of times because people won't just stop and become diligent To be delivered enough to get in the atmosphere with God. So I am here as a liaison. I am here as an intercessor. So when you busy and you too busy or even even if you do make this set aside time. Hopefully something that I've said that God has instructed me to say can still be of encouragement and enlightenment. Because we all are here one ye for another. The Bible encouraged that we even pray ye one for another. So this thing is not no about no I. This is about we. This is about us. This is not about I and me. But us and we. Amen. We pray you one for another. So we share and we share alike. We share for one sole purpose only. And never forget this. The purpose of everybody who either ministers in songs, who ministers in dance, in words, whatever area, arena, or title that you do for the glory of God is all for the same universal purpose. And the Bible says that We desire the same thing that Christ desired. We desire to have this mind in us like Christ Jesus. And the mind in Christ says he wish above all things that all men would be saved. Amen. He wish above all things, above all things, that all men would be saved. So we all have an instrumental part that we play. It's no need to be cliquish and picking and choosing who you feel should and should not edify and glorify the name of God. Amen? Amen. The scriptures on deliverance, Isaiah 43, 18 through 19. God's word through the Bible charges us to live according to the statutes, laws, and commandments as Christians, not claiming to be uh, what we promised not to be. Oh, where I put my Bible. I need to look up Isaiah 43. I wrote the scriptures down and then write them down. So I have to look them up in my Bible. It's uh, Isaiah 43, 18 through 19. I'll come back and read that when I, I just grab my Bible. 1 John 5, 4 through 5. Let's see. Isaiah 43, 18 through 19. Just bear with me. Isaiah 43, 19, 18 through 19 says. Remember ye not the former things. Hallelujah. Neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I would even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. 
So that scripture is encouraging you to know that God can deliver you. He will do a new thing. Oh, my God. And when you don't have to remember the former things, because you know, your mind going to always be with you. And if you don't get your thoughts under subjection, it'll constantly replay your past pains, your past hurt, your past disappointments. And then when you can get your mind under control, guess what'll happen? The enemy will send people to do it. <laughs> he will. I'm telling you, he'll send people to throw up your past. Soon as you try to cast it in the sea of forgetfulness, they'll be right there to remind you to bring it up. So you may need deliverance from, from certain people. And when certain people like to constantly bring that stuff up to you, you know what? Sometimes you just, I say, well, I'm going to say that's part about me. I say I just have to detach myself because sometimes you just get sick and tired. You know, you want people to be healed. You want people to be delivered as well. And you want them to move past their pain. You know, everybody's pain gets removed in times and seasons. But I don't think it's beneficial when all you want to do with your past pain is to regurgitate it to somebody that you constantly washing their face with and putting them like a, a, a fish on a bait and dangling and holding it. And especially when you see people have changed. And when you see people trying to move forward, and even those people sometimes can encourage you how to move forward. But every time you get a chance, every time you turn a corner, all you hear is what these people are constantly saying about what you used to do and who you used to be. And sometimes when, you, when you're trying to get healed, oh my God, when you're trying to get healed, and you in the sick room, or you taking your medication, that, that's not the time you need people to come in there and start agitating your spirit with a bunch of stuff that's going to keep you feeling bad. Oh, my God. Sometimes I think because people don't want to seek God, they too lackadaisical and too lazy to seek God, because I talked about that the other day in a podcast. When you got that lackadaisical spirit and you don't want to seek God to get your healing, then they get right mad with other people who receive their healing and they want to keep trying to come and put and, and, and dig in your wound. You know, when you got a wound and somebody keep digging in it, it's hard to heal. So if you got wound diggers, that's what I'm going to call them. Wound diggers that dig in your wound. Always trying to bring up what you used to do, what you did, and what you didn't do. When they come digging up them wounds, sometimes you just have to bandage your wound and stay away from wound diggers. Because as long as they can keep your wound open, just because they wound open and they constantly looking at it, then they want you to be able to look at yours too. See, and I'm going to tell you, that is not a spirit of God. You know, my heart of compassion go out to everybody that's been through hurt and pain. But when people try to purposely dig up and dig out and plant seeds to make people fall out, then they like to dig up wounds because they not healed and they don't like because you healed. So you have to be mindful. You have to pray for that deliverance. Ask God to deliver you from them kind of people. And the other scripture right quick is uh, John 10 and 9. Let's go to that right quick. John 10 and 9 says, I am the door. Oh my God. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. 
and shall go in and out and find pasture. So that's that's a that's a comfort. That's a peace. You want deliverance? Go to God's door. Sometimes we may need to stop running to other people's door constantly. Knocking. And I don't mean they physical door. Sometimes the most important, you know what? The most used door in people's lives now is these cell phones. And 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 and, and instead of going to the door of God, because this the scripture just said this this is John chapter 10, verse 9. And Jesus was speaking. He said, I am the door by me, by me, not other people, by me. If any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pastures. And, you know, pastures represent a beautiful, peaceful place. And sometimes we cannot reach that beauty and peacefulness within and peace without and peace all around because we go to the wrong doors. We want to get on the telephone and call everybody who have ears to hear our problems. And if we're not doing that, we want to seek answers through social media. You know, it's not sometimes God don't allow people to be on our pathway that do help us and strengthen us and inspire us and encourage us in our steps of deliverance. But even me, sometimes I have to back off of people because I don't want people to see me as their as their God. See, because Jesus, I direct people. I do what Jesus used to do. He said, I'm here about my father's business. So I direct people to our father. And sometimes when you see that people get so consumed in you, you know, and, I, and I'm telling you this can happen because it happened to me. I had a cousin. And I knew the power she walked in. And I knew the anointing that rested upon her life. And every time I had a problem, I would jump on my phone and call her. Whether it was a little problem, big problem. I mean, I'm telling you, in anything in between, I would call her. But one day I couldn't reach her. And I was going through some things. And I got so frustrated because she was not available to answer her phone. And I was sitting in my room pouting, steady, redialing, redialing. Where is she? Where is she? This before cell phones came out. Because if she had a cell phone back then, I'm sure I'd have blowed it up. But she, it was a home phone and she wasn't home and that wasn't like her. And she was usually always there. So I tell you, I was sitting there and I was pouting and God said, shame on you. You know, I could hear his voice just as clear. He said, because I am here. Bring your problem to me. And that's when he scripted me of relying so much on people in positions that I knew had the power of prayer. God said, I am here. I'm at your door. I'm right here. Knocking. See, but let me in like you let everybody else in your in your ear to give you counsel. Let me give you counsel. Talk with me. I walk with you. And you can call me. And I'm always available. You can call me. My line is never busy. You can call me. And and you won't hear the answering machine. You can call me. At any time. And I say sure can God. And I begin to practice that. So just remember. The good shepherd. The good shepherd gives us life. 
for a purpose and a reason. And everything that Satan brings against us is to script our power and strength. But when we call upon God to deliver us from those spiritual attacks and free us from Satan's schemes, we, you know, because Satan's seeking to bind us up. And he bound, binds us up with addictions. And like I said, addictions can be good or bad. Addictions can be emotions. The way we act. The way we, we eat unhealthy. The way we don't tame our thoughts. The way we keep engaging in damaging relationships. Because that's the biggest one. You know. The way we mismanage our finances. The way we always got issues with everybody. You ever seen people like that? Everybody they got an issue with. There's nothing good they can say about anybody. Everybody they got issues with. The enemy brings problems. And those problems turn into strongholds. And when we operate in those strongholds, the only way we can be set free and delivered is by the power of God. Amen. Believe in God. Believe in the power of prayer. And believe that Jesus is our advocate to the Father. Follow his ordinance. Follow his word. Take his yoke, the Bible says, and learn of him. Because his yoke is easy and his burdens is light. Arm yourself likewise. Arm yourself. And I'm going to give you this last scripture that's going to help you to arm yourself for deliverance. It's Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. Not in your feelings, not in other people, but be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Not your might. Because sometimes the power we think we have to help ourselves, trust me, there are certain addictions I've had, and I thought I had the power to, you know, I can put that down when I want to. <laughs> but God had to show me, no, you can't. Because if you could, you would have did it. It's affecting your finances. It's affecting your health. So why in the world would you hold on to something that that's, don't have any benefits, per se, to your health and to your pocket? If you have the power to put it down. Sometimes we get we get we get tricked by the enemy and he'll make us continue to, to, to go into doing something that we need deliverance for and convince us what we need is we need to eat in the middle of the night. No, no, we don't. That's the time our body needs to rest. And, and and medically, when it needs to rest, that means even our organs. It don't need to be trying to trying to digest no heavy food that we get up and put in our in our stomachs at night. And then we'll tell ourselves, well, I can lose weight. I got the power to do that when I just get ready. No, 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 no. Nobody wants to purposely position themselves for sickness, disease, and anything that damages ourselves. It can be drinking coffee. And I found that out when I went to get a mammogram the other day. So we have to operate in the power of God, Mike, and say, God, I don't have the power to be delivered within myself. God, you bless me with the power. You grant me with the power. And it goes on at verse 11 and say, put on the whole armor of God. I'm going to read from chapter 6, verse 
10 through verse 16, no, 17, 18, and I'm going to close out. Okay, just bear with me. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Mm. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you, now this is what you need. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand therefore. Having your loins, which is the middle part of your body, gird about with truth, speaking the truth, ooh, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shine with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Praying, here we come, always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And that's it. That's your formula right there to begin working on your deliverance. It covered everything each day when you when you put on the whole armor, when you get ready to get up and leave out or whether you're sitting in your house because sometimes attacks will come to your front door or through your telephone. When you put on that armor, the Bible said the purpose of doing that is so you can stand when all these wiles of evil try to come against you from the devil. Because we're not wrestling against people flesh and blood. People can only come at and attack us when they, when they let the enemy get in them. So that the enemy can get in them when they weak. The enemy can get in all of us when we're weak. So what happens when a person is weakened and the enemy gets in them, then he leads them to you. So really, you're not wrestling with that person because sometimes people, the enemy gets in them and they don't even understand why because sometimes it's so petty, it don't even make sense. But it'll get in them because they open up their portals. They're not guarding these these things that we just read about. See, because if they they had on a helmet of salvation and a breastplate of righteousness, because righteousness means you trying to do what's right. It just sits in your chest. If you gird up your lords with truth, so are you walking around telling lies and fanning flies on people? See, right there, the enemy got an open portal to come into you. My God. My God. Have to be careful. Because just like I just finished reading, see, he 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 is he is cunning. And that's the wiles of the devil. See, the wiles are, are these things that can so trickerily come in. But if you stand on the truth, what's in you? Now, we ain't talking about other people. Always remember that everything starts with you. And if everywhere you go, you tell the truth. You done gird your Lord up with truth. Everywhere you go, 
you're going to try to do what's right. You got that breastplate on to cover you at the top. And everywhere you go, the Bible says, if you shine your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, that means even before you leave home, you put your shoes on. Then I used to do this too. I used to put my shoes on and tell God, okay, God, I'm putting peace on my feet. Wherever I go today, I'm taking peace. See, I prepare before I leave home, put my shoes on. So when you put on your shoes, you need to put peace. And if you're going somewhere just to say something to break peace, see, right there, you open your portals up for the enemy. Oh, my God. Because you didn't shine your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Then it goes on and say, take that shield of faith. See, no matter how somebody treats you or what they do, you have to believe that you are more than a conqueror. You have to believe that God, Jesus, truly loves you and the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit rest in your life. And when you have that kind of faith to shield you, what other people do and say won't knock you off your center. See, when we get knocked off our center, the least little thing we hear and the person may not have came back and told it the right way. It could have been something so simple. You know, I was thinking about something the other day. It's something so simple. You can say, mm, you trying to be a blessing to somebody. You say, well, mm, I would have fixed you something in this bowl, but I forgot. I forgot. I gave that bowl to Sister Sickerwicky, and I let them take some in it. And uh, so I don't have no more to-go bowls, no big ones. And you just talking casually when you say you gave it to Sister Sicker Wicked. Well, that person could take it back and twist it all kind of way. Yeah, well, I went by her house and she said that she had bought a bowl and gave it to y'all. And y'all didn't bring it back. You will be amazed how people would twist and turn stuff. And it never come out that way. Never, ever came out that way. But see, when you take that shield of faith. No matter what people do and twist up, you will continue to walk and God will be able to quench all them fiery darts, all them lies they done told other people about you and two other people, they just like fiery darts. And you will be able to stand there and when they come at you, the Bible said that shield will just quench them. They'll bounce right off you. They'll bounce right off you. And then you take that helmet of salvation And that means the top of your head should always be about your saving grace. Because we don't know when we're going to die and leave here. So right there in the top of your head should be, Lord, I just just want salvation. Because my life could be required today. And I just want salvation. See, this is a formula that will help your life. And then the Bible said the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And that's back to the title of my ministry. What did God say? In order to know what God say, you must get into the word of God. You cannot keep running around in this world, people, and believing that all is going to go well with you when you don't dig into the well water of God. God word. Amen. And then the last verse, it says in verse 18, not the last verse, but next to the last, it says, praying always with prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching. Therefore, praying in the spirit and praying in the spirit is just being sincere. 
You know, when you pray in the spirit, one thing I say about praying about anything, you don't want to pray no hurt, no harm, no danger against anybody. That is not praying in the spirit. Because trust me, we don't need to ever pray those kind of prayers. Because God going to revenge who he choose to revenge. Vengeance is mine, said the Lord, and I will repay. 